Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Legends in the Dark, where we, like the American retail system, celebrate Halloween even when it is not. My name is Jay. And I am Leslie. How are you doing tonight, Leslie? I'm not doing too bad. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Getting ready for the inevitable holiday seasons to begin. I know. So we're recording this Labor Day weekend, basically, but by the time we put this out, it's going to be the first week of October, if I timed it correctly. And we were talking about this earlier. I can I can kind of see where you mean where I want to do all the spooky stuff, but I'm just not quite in the Halloween mood yet. I mean, I am. I'm more into wanting to watch creepy stuff, start, you know, reading my creepy books, but I'm just not in that in that Halloween spirit just yet. Like it's missing something, and I think it's it's still too hot. No oh, backlog is a pain. This, it's, if anybody doesn't know that, it is trying to come up with content for events that haven't happened yet. I know, and it's, sometimes it's kind of weird because, like, we've done this before where we'll talk about, like, oh, wildfires are coming in August, and then I'll upload it, and I'll re-re- like, I'll re-listen to it to make sure I didn't miss anything in editing, and oh, I'll listen yeah. to what we say, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's weird. We just <laughs> talked about that. Oh, you mean the one where Jay predicted the future? Yes, that one. Of yes. course, you didn't protect the lottery numbers, so I'm still upset with you with, for that. Well, you know, I can only do so much. <laughs> well, and I think also it's weird, too, because of the weather's still warm. But the weather is weird. I know you haven't been outside because you've been working from home. And I don't know on your area of the town if it looks like this, but I was coming home today, and it's this weird, it's it's the smoke and it's the ash and it's everything, the heat all mixed together. And I came home, came inside, and I ordered some um, food from Dine Dash because, like, my, my mother-in-law wasn't feeling good, so she's laying down. Chris wasn't hungry. I was starving. I knew we were going to record, so I, I was like, oh, okay, better go make sure the gate is unlocked. Uh, for the cookies. <laughs> for the driver. Oh, no, this is earlier. This, I've used oh, Dine Dash twice say, like, tonight. You, you were starving, and your answer to that was cookies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, so I went out. This is about 4 o'clock. I went outside from... You know, inside my lovely home, you've seen my home, It's it has color on the walls, it has, you know, dark woods, you know, just beautiful. And I went outside, and I literally felt like I was walking into, like, if this was a movie, I was going back in time. It, it looked like it's that light brown, what's it called, serpentine kind of feel. And I came back in, and I told Chris, I said, I feel like I just went back in time. Because you walk outside and it's just nothing but browns and yellows because mm. of the smoke and stuff. It, was, it sucks because, like, it was actually getting a little better, like, this past week. Or at least on my end, my side of town, it seemed like it was. It looked a little bit better. It wasn't quite as, like, smoky and not, well, not nearly as bad as it was the week before. A little less silent hilly. A little bit. Yeah. I was just so amazed at it, and I came back in, and I've never experienced that, where it felt like I was walking into some other reality. It really, actually, it was kind of creepy. A little creepy? Yeah. But we digress. So it's October the point now. Is, the point is we're, we're yeah. going to be doing our, you know, our Christmas stories, like in, like, 
you know, October. I know, that's going to be so weird. So just like I said in the intro, like, it, it, we're, we're basically like the United States retail system. <laughs> oh, it's... What's that? September, start to get ready, start, start getting ready for Valentine's Day. Right. Well, I think, uh, who's going first tonight? I think you have to go first. I went first last week, I believe. Did you? I did. Okay, well, I'll go first. Okay, well, speaking of the weather, I've been really kind of getting into scary stories. But here's here's what's funny is I don't know if my work is because it's been so hot that they want to keep the air conditioner on very, very low because of the heat. Which is great, but then when you have days where it's not that hot outside and it's like 50 degrees inside and people are wearing sweatshirts and sweaters and having their blankets wrapped around them, it feels like winter. So I've been listening to podcasts like Spooky Podcasts or really I've actually been, shh, don't tell anyone, but I've been listening to my celebrity ghost stories and um, it's been great. And then I go outside and it's 100 degrees and I'm like, okay, does it feel like winter yet? (laughs) The magic is over. Yeah, the magic is over. Seriously, I go to work for the magic of winter. And um, so this week, I heard a great story, and I was trying to do some more research for it. And when I was doing research for it, I actually found another story unrelated. But it made me realize I want to do, like, a little theme tonight. And because of the weather, the I'm calling this my storm stories. Storm story. Yes. So these so, are. So your, so your new series, Pat. You so you're done with the Men in Black series. Now we're moving on to storm stories. Now. <laughs> yes, or the weather pattern stories. <laughs> storm story sounds better. Well, so this tonight I have two storm stories involving ghosts. Nice. So here's the first one. So right. tonight my sources are celebrity ghost stories. The story told by George Wennett. I think I pronounced his name right. I'm so sorry if I don't. I didn't. You know who he is, right? What was the, what was the name again? George Wennett. He, Wennett? He played Norm on Cheers. Oh, um, Went. Went. Okay, I apologize. George Went. So because I knew I was going to mess up his last name... I use his I use his first name. I go by him by George in the story. So it sounds like you know me and him are like tight, but mm. <laughs> it's just because I didn't want to keep so, messing up his so last was name. He haunt, was he was he haunted by a ghost who yelled out Norm every time he went, walked into the room? That would be like a funny skit. Like if he was ever on Saturday Night Live, I think that would be a funny skit. That like he, uh, he walks into his kitchen and hears a voice go Norm. And he's just like, that was 25 years ago. That was 30 years ago. Like I have tacked on another 100 acting roles onto my resume. You need to get some of the more modern ones. Right. All right. So Celebrity Ghost Stories, Wikipedia, Unsolved Mysteries, and SouthernLiving.com are my sources tonight. So the first story I have involving storms is called The Legend of the Gray Man. This has nothing to do with George... Win it? Win it. Or um, Celebrity Ghost Stories. This is actually from Unsolved Mysteries. I think I, I, think I know this one. Well, it's, uh, it has, it's partly Unsolved Mysteries, and it has a little bit of a modern update. In South Carolina, on Polly's Island, there's a local legend of a ghost of a man seen before hurricanes. 
According to legend, in 1822, a traveling man from Charleston was riding his horse through the area to visit his fiancée. His horse and himself got caught in quicksand, and unable to free himself, he drowned. His fiancée, devastated, took to walk in the beach each and every day, mourning her loss of her loved one, when one day she saw a man dressed all in gray. Reaching him, she was shocked to see it be her deceased fiancé. When she got close enough, he spoke to her and gave her a warning that she must leave the island. She went back to her family, told them what she saw, and they packed up and left the next day. Soon after, a massive storm hit the area and the island. Nearly everything was destroyed, but when the family returned, they were shocked to see that their home was not destroyed and all was still standing. They should have given, given him back his golden arm. <laughs> Is that the... You, you remember that story? Yeah, that's a the, campfire the, the story girl, by everyone. The girl with the golden arm is like, give me back my golden arm. Because, you know, he, he stole her arm after she died or something. Because, you know, they're just terrible people. That is totally a different legend. Whatever. <laughs> okay. They're all the same. <laughs> all right, so in 200 years, the island has seen five hurricanes, and each time the gray man, dressed in a gray clothing and a long coat, some say looking almost like a pirate, has been seen. In 1893, a farmer heard an animal saw the gray man. His farm was saved the next day when a hurricane passed through. In 1954, a man saw the gray man, and when the hurricane Hazel swept through, his home was so well protected that the beach towels hanging on the deck were still in place. Oh, damn, not the beach towels. <laughs> it is strange, though, like, if you think about it, that these towels during a hurricane didn't, like, even move off the deck. I know typically those t the beach towels would have been, like, put through a tree trunk or something somehow. Like, they're made of fabric, but it, they found a way. In 1989, and this is where Unsolved Mysteries came in, in 1989, Unsolved Mysteries featured a couple, the Moors, who saw the gray man when they were walking along the beach. They waved to the man and said hello, but he didn't say anything. As they got closer, he just vanished. The next day, true to form, Hugo swept in, leaving destruction in its wake, with the notable exception of the Moor home located right off the beach. So on Unsolved Mysteries, they show actual footage of Hurricane Hugo, and they're just showing destruction, 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 and then there's like this, it's, it's like Forrest Gump. Then there's this single house sitting on the beach, not even, you know, barely damaged, and it was their house. So that, so this Unsolved Mysteries aired in 1992 or 1990, I think. But here's what's funny is in 2018, the last reported sighting came right before Hurricane Florence hit the island. A couple claimed to have seen the gray man along the Cherry Grove Pier. Now, I've read some conflicting accounts. Like some people are saying like, yeah, they are saying that they saw the gray man. And then when it kind of got around, like I remember seeing a tweet saying, oh, stuff just got serious. The gray man was spotted. And it was kind of telling... 
the citizens like, okay, who cares about the the warning? Let's get out the gray man's here. And others saying like the couple captured a picture and people are saying, no, it's a fake picture. So it, there's some naysayers and there's some people who are like, nope, something definitely was seen because pretty the hurricane par, came right par through. Pretty the course there. Huh? I said pretty par for the course. Right. And so that is the first story of the gray man and the hurricane storms. And the golden arm. <laughs> you and your golden arm. Now the second story is by far so good. I must sit at my desk and I'll just rewind this story two or three times because I just love it so much. Okay, so the second story is the celebrity ghost story by George Went. Yay, I got it. Okay, now his story involves Stony Lake off of Lake Michigan. And he tells it so much better. So if you guys can YouTube it, I, I bought it. I bought the season. So I have it on my Amazon account, but it's so good. And he tells it so much better than I'm about to tell it. But he says, while searching for a cottage off the Lake Michigan with his wife, they found this beautiful home that included a full commercial bar in the basement that also housed a walk-in safe. And he loved it. He was saying, like, he sat down on it and he was kind of like, oh, I'm home. Like, he, he loved it. And his wife and him were really excited about the house. And the realtor told them that in order to buy the home, they would have to stay the night. Not thinking anything about it, they agreed. Which, okay, I don't know if it's just because it's celebrities or maybe because maybe the house was expensive, but I've never had heard someone saying you got to stay the night unless it's some movie plot which this kind of sounds like you know what i mean a little bit <laughs> so a few nights later he doesn't really tell the timeline of when they stayed but he his wife and their two kids came to stay for i guess it sounded like the weekend so they settled into the house and as the night grew closer they saw these dark, strange storm clouds began to gather over the lake. A storm, a really bad one, hit the area. That night, when they put their kids to bed, they were settling down when both kids from the other room began screaming. George and his wife rushed in, and the kids told them that they heard whispers and saw figures outside the window walking back and forth. Not wanting to be left alone, the kids followed their parents into their room. They all gathered in bed. They were all trying to, you know, be calm and, you know, try to comfort the kids. When suddenly the lights went out. The storm raging outside, the family began to see figures walking back and forth, hearing chants. And George, he says that it did look like Native Americans. He then looked to his wife and they stared in disbelief as if like, are we seeing this? Like, are you seeing this as well? Then George noticed the walls. Something was slowly moving down. The substance was a red liquid, blood-like. The small family huddled together when from within the house, a sound began to be heard. They realized it was the sound of someone sobbing. With that, the family, without grabbing their things, left the house. They went to George's wife's brother's house, where they were told that by his brother-in-law of a local legend regarding the dune and the house that it sat on. 
According to legend, the dune being so tall was used by Native Americans as a watch point. Later, the land was bought and it had a house built on it with a house they stayed in and being close to the shore and this high point where they can watch the land, it became a perfect place for bootleggers during Prohibition. One night, a bad storm came through. Two men, two gangsters, were at home and they began to see figures of Native Americans on the outside of the house, walking and chanting. Scared, one of the men hightailed it out of there. He left the house, while the other man ran downstairs into the basement and locked himself in the safe, thinking like the other man was going to come back for him. But he wasn't found until much later, dead. George and his wife went back the next day to gather their things. There was no sign of disturbances around the house, outside or in, and no blood on the walls. The walls weren't even stained. So they decided to skip check in the basement and just left. And like I said, he tells it a lot better. And the only bad thing is when you're watching Celebrity Ghost Stories, because they cut commercials, and, you know, I bought it, so there's no commercials, but it's still cut, so, like, it'll it'll stop. And then it'll, like, have a little, like, two-second blank movement where, like, you know, they would insert a commercial. And then it comes back, and he basically says, like, what you forgot, you know, the last, like, five minutes before the commercial break. So you're hearing it over and over, like, and there's blood on the walls. And it looked like blood on the walls. So it's like, you're sitting there like, it's so creepy. You know, because it's Norm, I'm imagining him telling this story, sitting at a bar stool with a big mug of beer in his hand, just kind of like, like, so then this happened. (laughs) And there's a sobbing noise from the middle of the house saying give me back my golden arm (laughs) well it's it's so it's so good like when he tells the story it's i have another story and i think i want to do it next week but i have another story of a celebrity ghost story and that one he said it basically he says he was a skeptic and I love it when there's a big skeptic and they basically tell the story. It's like when my husband tells a story of something weird that happened. Because I keep thinking he's just, you know, messing around with me. And no, he's being serious. He's like, you know, I don't believe in that stuff. Nothing happened, but that was weird. Like, you know, he admits that it's weird. And I think, I don't know why, but I think the skeptics who then, like, change their mind or something, they just can't explain it, I think are so much more like not much more but i think they're so sincere because they know what it's like because they're the ones who usually are like poo-pooing the the stories now they're trying like no 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 i know this sounds crazy but you gotta believe me which makes me want to believe them more it's kind of funny how like you know if somebody tells a ghost story it was like oh that's a great story right Mm mm-hmm you talk about Bigfoot or aliens or Loch Ness monster, and people look at you like you're a loon. Yeah, you know it is funny how and and it. I feel like there's certain people who will be like, "Well, I believe in cryptids or aliens, but I don't believe in ghosts." Or people will say, "I believe in ghosts and cryptids, but not aliens." Or I'll believe in aliens, but none of, none of the other paranormal stuff because that stuff is science based. You know, aliens and stuff that can be proven. Ghosts can't. And it's, it's, I think I just like hearing a good story being told. If it's a good story, I'll take, like, I sometimes get bored with Bigfoot stories because it's the same story. I mean, ghost stories are the same for a lot of people. Like, we, me and you have talked about this where sometimes 
ghost stories like oh and there's another little girl scene in a hotel oh and there's another little girl scene on the road and so it kind of almost becomes repetitive i feel the same way with sometimes with bigfoot stories unless there's some kind of twist to it like i the best bigfoot story i ever heard was um someone telling a story and i think it was on one of the podcasts where his dad or uncle lived in this cabin and it had like the it had this big like nine foot fence and when you're sitting you know when you're standing in the kitchen you can see out in the yard and it's up a little so you can see kind of over the fence and they saw something which was like a bigfoot and the dad uncle whoever it was basically told them oh yeah no they come all the time and he's like why don't you take a picture of it why don't you try to capture it and he's like they're not bothering me i'm not going to bother it and so it kind of, that's one of those stories where it's like, whoa, I've never heard that. Like, it's, it's one of those interesting stories to me where it's not just, I was walking in the woods and I saw something behind a tree. It's, it's a, I watched this and someone's experienced it over and over and over again. Right. But like, we came, we went camping one time and, and our family got, like, attacked by a pack of wild Sasquatch. <laughs> But, yeah, I love a good a good story. And, I, again, Celebrity Ghost Stories, I love that show. I, okay, here's the thing. I love that show listening to it so I can sit there at work and listen to it. I can put it on and, like, lay down and just, like, close my eyes and listen to it. I almost semi-can't watch it because I don't like the reenactments on some of it. Like, oh, yeah. on his story, it was really good. The sound effects was really good. The, like, reenactment was really good. There's other ones where they use weird sound effects. Like, they use this weird, like, scream or something. And you're just like, I almost would rather just the person talking than all these weird sound effects. Mm-hmm. But, yep, that's my story. Those are my storm stories. And, hint, next week I might have some fog stories. Oh, no. Like the fog <laughs> that turned you inside out? Maybe. Or maybe something's in the mist. Or is it how you how how George went found Curly's gold? Yeah, that would be Bill of Crystal. I think George went would have been better. <laughs> Alright, so So where are you taking us tonight? Oh Leslie, today we're going to jolly old England, we are. Oh, we just went to England. I like England. You know, honestly, I grew up with a lot of English superstitions and ghost stories, so I love hearing them again. Go in London, England. So, the tale of the Highgate Vampire. Sweet. Vampire stories, right in time for Halloween. So this is a story that began in London, England during the late 1960s and 1970s. Revolved around a series of bizarre events that occurred that involved a number of sightings of phantoms and specters, particularly of a tall, dark, cloaked entity with burning red eyes. Always the burning red eyes with these guys. Right. Reports came from Highgate of tombs at that time being broken into. Graves and bodies were being desecrated and black magic rituals allegedly performed by, you know, body teenagers that, running around, mucking about, and being teenagers. <laughs> a group of uh, vampire hunters, uh, on Friday the 13th of March of 1970, hundred, 
I have to, I'm sorry, this kind of makes me giggle a little bit to think about this. Hundreds of would-be vampire hunters invaded the Victorian graveyard and engaged in a search for what was becoming known as the Highgate Vampire. These hunters claimed to have broken open coffins and plunged stakes into and even burnt the corpses of the undead. Okay. Not sure how they decided which ones were undead and which ones were just corpses, but you know. Wait, you said this was in the 1960s, not 1860s? The 1960s. It's 1960s and 70s England, so it's pretty much about the same thing, really. Wow, that's, that's interesting. Grab your pitchforks and torches, boys. We're going corpse hunting. <laughs> a local man named David Ferrant stated the first murmurings about a strange being began in late 1969. So before that, there were a lot of, you know, desecrations and vampire huntings and stuff like that. But the true sighting of the Highgate vampire itself didn't really begin until 1969. So he spoke to two people an old lady who had been walking her dog, and a middle-aged accountant. So the old lady was walking down Swain Lane, Swain's Lane? I think it's Swain's Lane, which is a road that runs through the graveyard, when she saw a tall, dark figure with glaring eyes that seemed to be floating towards her. She felt the air turn icy cold. It is creepy that he, she saw someone float in. That's creepy. Okay. So these two people give kind of similar accounts, which is kind of a little bit interesting. So the accountant had got lost in the vast cemetery when he heard a bell starting to clang. When he heard that bell starting to clang, which I guess it's a cemetery, so probably a church bell, possibly. Or possibly, like but wouldn't he say he heard the church bells? A bell sounds like a bell. It doesn't sound any different on a church steeple than it does anywhere else. I would oh, imagine. obviously someone's never seen the Midsummer Murders Ring Out the Dead episode where there's nothing about but bells. Bring out your <laughs> So he heard a bell, and then what? So when he heard the bell, he started to walk towards the bell, or walk towards the sound, hoping it would lead him out of the necropolis, because this dude was lost. In a cemetery? How big is the cemetery? The cemetery's pretty huge. Wow. Been around for a long time. Victorian era. Wow, that's interesting. I've never, I don't think Lots I've ever heard people. of this this cemetery where it's so big that you get lost in it. I saw the pictures of it. I mean, it's like crowded. So this is, this is one of those ones that has like the big, Oh my God, what do you call them? The big, the big structures, the big building, like mausole- the stone built, the mausoleum. Yeah. They have the mausoleums, the big, the tombs that they just kind of sat on the ground, like the those the stone coffins that they just sat on the ground, not like in the mausoleum. So I'm thinking more like New Orleans kind of, Something like that, yeah. yeah. They, and they put, they, I, I think it, it was either this one or it was another one. I might be getting my cemeteries mixed up, but this one had, they placed stones on top of the the coffin lids to keep like the the dead from coming back. I think people were obsessed with dead people coming back to life for some reason. Wow. Well, actually, I heard that a lot of the times because they had these ones where there were metal, like almost a, a fence kind of one over graves and a lot of people thought oh it's because they're afraid that people come back from the dead but it was actually because of grave robbers because basically if you made something over your grave it's harder for them to dig up to get any personal or valuables ah good point so he hears this bell you know so he hears the bell starts walking towards the sound 
hoping it would lead him out. So instead, as the bell tolled, it tolled for thee. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. He became aware of something behind him, and he noticed the temperature plummet. As he turned around, he saw a tall, dark figure that stared at him intently before it vanished. Did it mention red eyes? He did not mention red eyes, but he said it stared at him. This thing's big on staring. You know, honestly, even if if someone will hear the story and said, oh, it's just some weirdo or some guy or, you know, it that to me is still creepy because Cemetery already gives off these weird vibes. And to all of a sudden, like, kind of hear a bell and turn around and someone's just standing there staring well, at you. Especially a Victorian era anything. Victorian era. Victorian was just like the creepiest time period in English history, it feels like. Maybe. So, okay, so I stared at him intently before he vanished. Two, two accounts basically pretty similar to each other. Ferent himself decided to spend the night in the cemetery to investigate. So he suspected that it might be an animal or someone dressed up in a costume just running around causing trouble or whatever because of all the vampire stuff that had been in the media. He was trying to debunk it. Yeah. Okay. So around midnight, so I'm I'm going to say this in his quote. So around midnight, I caught sight of a figure seven feet tall, which appeared to be floating above the ground. I saw its face and two points of intense red light. The area turned icy cold as if I had stepped into a refrigerator. The figure seemed to be draining me of energy, and I felt I was losing control of my normal faculties. It was like a dream that I could not wake up. Realizing I was under intense psychic attack, I repeated mentally a Kabbalistic incantation to repel the evil forces. That is so disturbing in so many different ways. It was at that moment he determined that the accounts were true. Is really creepy because he went there to debunk it. So it wasn't one of these things where now he's going to change his mind. You know what I mean? No, it, it debunked him. Yeah. Debunked the debunker. <laughs> Could not be debunked. Did he get any evidence, like pictures or... No, not that I saw... And to be honest, that's the most interesting parts of the story that I actually was able to find is those accounts. Yeah, he he he. I think he wrote an article into a, the local newspaper about it, saying he was talking about his experience and things like that. But other than that, as far as I know, there wasn't really a whole lot else. So did he like investigate it again, or did he kind of was like, well, that's enough for me? It seemed like that that was enough for him, but I think there were probably other ones because the legend is still there. There was another story I, I saw. It was um, it was a, a young girl who was walking near the cemetery, like on the outskirt, and same thing. Like she had a felt a presence, and then there was a tall, dark, shadowy figure that knocked her to the ground and was about to attack her when a car pulled up and then all of a sudden it just disappeared. Wow. Doesn't mean it's contained in the cemetery. So it actually kind of come out of the cemetery as well. It sounds like, well, it doesn't sound like it's a ghost. Yeah. It sounds like it's a, it's a beastie. It's something that's so creepy and it's creepy too, because when you were, I heard that you said the sixties, but when you start talking about 
what they were seeing, I was like, wait, is this 1860s? Because it seems, it, you don't really think of it as modern, you know what I mean? Okay, so is there any more accounts? No, just those those ones that I was able to find. That's interesting. Ooh, right into, good time for uh, a vampire story right before Halloween. That, that should gear us up for this month. I don't even know where I started. So, sorry everyone, I just had to do some editing because the dogs came in and the husband. Basically, I think that was that was it for your story, which, again, I don't know how much I'm going to cut out, so apologize if I said this already, but I've never heard that one. That was a pretty good one. Thank you. Like I said, I'll try to find better ones for, for the season. <laughs> and I think you just heard my dog bark, too, so I guess that means our time is up. <laughs> Basically, that's what he's saying. He's like, it's time to eat. Yes, get off the phone. Get off the Zoom. Right. I know. Um, so we have our legendary listener shout out this week. Some new listeners in our home state of California. Shout out to Monterey-Salinas. Yay, thank you so much for listening. I'm really excited to see that there's some more California listeners. Now take us home, Jay. This has been another exciting and successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. Your curators of the creepy and your purveyors of the paranormal. Be safe and keep on Halloweening. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>